is the bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. And welcome to the bullpen on this Wednesday afternoon. It is Wednesday. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, it is. Brandon Elkins and Patrick Osborne with you. You got us for the next hour. Hey! 512-834-1027 is a number here in the bullpen. How are we feeling today? We're feeling good. I'm probably feeling better than you. Oh, we're just going to go right to it. Well, no, you We're just, just going to take the knife and just start turning. No, I'm Listen, good. if you're going to softball it in, expect me to crank it 440 <laughs> yeah. over the left field wall. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, no, no, I, no I, I'm, I, I'm feeling a little bit better than I was at 615 yesterday and a little beyond that. Yeah, I... I uh, <laughs> And we'll, we, <laughs> I appreciate your text message, but I, I got to be honest with you. I didn't respond to anyone yesterday. Well, no, no, no. I didn't expect game. you to. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 as long as you knew, I wasn't trying to razz you. Over. Yes. Yeah. I knew that was coming today. Um, no, actually, not necessarily. I, I, that's not me. I, I, I mean, maybe. We'll see. We'll, okay. We'll see. But actually, as I was sitting at my parents' house yesterday, uh, I go over there, do my bagpipe practice and whatnot, because uh, it's easier there. Sure. Angers less people than than you would in an apartment. Fair enough. Uh, but uh, so we're over there, and my mom's like, "Oh, you, you're going to watch the the Astros game tonight." I said, "The Astros game, it's on right now, mm-hmm. you know." And so she's like, "Well, I got to watch Jeopardy." Okay, fine. <laughs> so she turns it on after Jeopardy, and it looked awful. Yeah, awful. It was great. For and a I'm while. sitting there going, and I I look at my parents, I go, "I'm not going to hear the end of this from Brandon tomorrow." <laughs> uh, and so I pack up and I go home. And I'm digging out clothes out of the closet to uh, do laundry, and I hear my phone ringing, and I missed it. it was my dad, and that's so I didn't yeah. even see this happen. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. So, I did. I saw it all. I know you did. It, it happened. Uh, that's why. You, that's why you don't walk away from baseball, right? You, anything can happen. You never know. Anything can happen. Look, we got a taste of our own medicine. We did the same exact thing to Toronto yes, just did. a couple days ago. Tables so, been turned. Yeah. And we will dive deeper into uh, the Astros Mariners series, uh, Yankees Gar- Yankees Guardians, uh, Braves Phillies. That was actually a pretty exciting one there. Uh, and uh, Dodgers Padres. We got all that coming up uh, later on here in the bullpen. But Hell yeah. uh, news out of NFL today. Cowboys, looking like it's going to be at least one more week with Cooper Rush. Dak, Dak Prescott will be in the rehab group to start off with, but then he'll go through quarterback school. He'll, he will do some light throwing at the end of practice. As head coach Mike McCarthy telling reporters though, today, preparing for Cooper to start against the Eagles. Uh, Dallas Cowboys social media is, has been going a little nutso right before we came on air today because what you said, or what Mike McCarthy said is light throwing, but Every picture we had, they they've posted on social media has thrown has shown Dak throwing with his left arm, with and his, not his dominant arm. Really, he was throwing with his left hand and that, not his right hand. So he's 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 not naturally ambidextrous. No, 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 no. He's 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 just out there throwing around. I don't know why. Maybe that's just to get some endurance in. Interesting. I'm sure. I think he'll probably throw with his right arm eventually. It's not a reverse image. If like, you look at no, if you look at like Michael Gelkin's. Uh, uh, Twitter page, he's got pictures of him throwing with his left hand. Weird. It could be something he's probably always done, and it's just accentuated because we're talking about his injury. But this could be nothing. It could be, I don't know. I, I, I doubt it's anything. I just throw that out there. Is it, like when, it. is it like when Mick tied down Rocky's one arm because he was a southpaw and he was trying to teach him how to, how to be a fight orthodox instead? Is it kind of like that? I have no idea. Oh, okay. 
I've only seen one Rocky movie. I'm sorry. It's one of the saddest things I've ever heard anyone say. <laughs> broke, you broke my heart, Fredo. Sorry. I know it was you, Fredo. So, yeah, uh, Rush is gone. Cooper Rush, 4-0 since taking over uh, for Dak Prescott, who's surgically repaired throwing hands, still recovering. But uh, as you heard there, Mike McCarthy saying uh, still in the medical rehab phase. Uh, Jerry Jones yesterday, owner, uh, noted that uh, Prescott is slated to begin throwing again today, and it looks like, the, as as we've seen on Twitter, on social media, that has been happening. Uh, he's not wearing a splint. Uh, wasn't wearing a splint uh, through the, the morning walkthrough. That's good. Did, did you see any splint in the pictures you saw there shared on social couldn't, media? Couldn't really see his right hand because of his throwing motion. Ah, was, gotcha. Down, down and away. You know, so far so good for Cooper Rush, obviously. I mean, 61% of his passes have been completed, 839 yards. He's got four touchdowns. Most importantly, no interceptions mm-hmm. since taking over in week one for Dak. I mean, when you play that conservative, you kind of have to try to throw an interception at that point. But to to your point, he's been still playing really well. But you know, it doesn't take away anything that he's done. And you're right. He has been conservative. He's been playing how they've asked him to. That's not his fault. They're playing conservative. But think about this, though. What else has that's allowed him to do? Well, the team to do. Mm -hmm. It's allowed the rest of the team, virtually every unit on both sides of the ball, to kind of step up and assert themselves. And Cooper Rush has not tried to do too much. He's not doing too little. Mm -hmm. He's he's done what they've asked. Well, he's done more. I would argue he's done more than enough to keep the team a legitimate playoff contender. Yeah. He's kept him afloat. Absolutely. That's what they needed. Uh, they absolutely needed that. It's been nothing flashy. He's done nothing to to indicate that he will be replacing Dak Prescott permanently. I mean, as much as they try to throw a quarterback controversy out there, yeah. I'd love to have me a quarterback controversy. Pass. You know, I want my quarterback. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, actually, uh, no, it's Dak. It's going to be Dak. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> now, Mike was asked, McCarthy was asked, you know, would we be having a different conversation if the Cowboys were losing instead of winning? I don't think so. No, I really don't. I, I, you got to trust the medical process. I mean, this is a 17-game season. That, that was my immediate response. I, I know Dak didn't want to hear it, but, you know, it's, you know, you, we got to make sure that he's right for the long haul, too. So not that I'm saying we're being conservative because, I mean, it doesn't really line up with, with him and the way he approaches preparing for the play. Yeah, this this really is following following the medical timeline, and, and, and he's doing all the things you could possibly do and more uh, to get ready. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, I, I don't think it would change from, from my view. I don't know. I think it might. Probably would. I, I, I would think so. I mean, what are you going to say? You're... You, your backup QB has come in. He's done everything you've asked. You don't want to kill his morale. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to say? Yeah, no, nah, we wouldn't be saying. Yeah, of course you would. I mean, of course you would. They, he should know the drill. He knows that once Dak's back, he's going back down. Yeah. I mean, and he seems okay with that. Yeah, he's I not mean, out there trying to be somebody. He's not trying to be Tom Brady. Look, he's, he's just, not he, trying to be a backup anymore. So if he keeps putting good tape out there, someone's going to give him a shot. Mm-hmm. And it will not be the Cowboys unless Dak gets hurt again. So I mean, and like I said, Dallas does right, at, at least at this moment. They look like a legitimate playoff contender. They do. Defenses, or, or at least among the best in the league, running game strong. The offensive line is looking pretty good. Uh, definitely enough talent at wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, and, and we, and, that was the big question mark coming in. And then they've got Rush, who's who's been more a, a glorified game manager than quarterback. And that's okay. Averaging 190, 193.8 passing yards a game. That's it. Thrown four touchdowns, but as I mentioned, most importantly, zero interceptions. Mm-hmm. So. And they're winning, which means that everything else is working. So it really does not matter. No, what his what numbers he puts up. He's not trying to be flashy. He's just trying to win. 
and he's trying to get a job next year. He, uh, he, he, well, I think also very crucially what, what Cooper Rush has, has brought to the Dallas Cowboys here is, is he's allowed them to not beat themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. You know? Yeah. Uh, and get this. They, uh, <laughs> the, the defense, they haven't given up more than a touchdown in a game this season, despite playing guys with names like Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. So interesting. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, now imagine all of this with an upgraded quarterback. And now you may be talking about a legitimate Super Bowl contender and not Man. just playoff contender. Now I don't we'll think see. I think that's don't that's, forget how well how bad Dak looked before he got hurt. He couldn't do anything on that first game. It could be though, you know, he comes back in and he's uh a rejuvenated Dak. A little motivated he's to seen play better. Here that, oh, you know what? Yeah. My backup actually can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta be careful if I don't if and what if he doesn't play well? Are they going to go back to rush? You would assume they would. Well, why wouldn't you? Why exactly? The the same thing. Ha- this is how Dak got the job in, in pretty much almost the same way. I mean, Tony Romo got hurt, but he could have come back. Right. But they they stuck with Dak. I don't see them doing that with Rush, especially if Dak gets hurt again. I think he'll always be the guy. But man. Well, I, it's so certainly interesting. Who wouldn't, as a head coach in the NFL, want a backup quarterback like Cooper Rush? Because, like I said, True. not only is he is he keeping you in the games, keeping you in the hunt for the postseason. Yeah. He's not. He's helping you not beat yourself with stupid plays with with bad throws and interceptions. But he's also not out there trying to be something he's not. He's just straight up and down a backup quarterback. He goes and he does his job. He goes back to the sideline, and. I, I don't know. I, but I just, that's not his mindset. His mindset is what I I, I got to believe. It's what I've been saying that let me get good tape out there. I have not lost well, a sure, single game that sure. I have started. Someone is going to give me a chance. I can't take a backup role unless they're going to pay me a buttload of money and sit behind an oft oft injured quarterback. Right. Right. Which could be very yeah. But who also is who who, who do you think is going to pick him up? Panthers, maybe. Well, they certainly Next need season, somebody. They need somebody. Clearly, Baker's not the call, and now he's hurt. He's going to be out for almost the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't think of too many other. I mean, what, Texans? Maybe. Yeah, ooh, Texans. Could you imagine that? I would prefer I would prefer the first-round draft South, Southern pick. Texas, and maybe he actually does something well with the Texans. I would, Look, pre- I would prefer they, they draft Bryce Young out of Alabama. True, but, but you said he doesn't have to do a lot, and Texans have a really good running game, mm-hmm. an up-and-coming running game. The, the the running game is one of the only things working for that team right now. Exactly, and they're, they're and they can't stop that. No Damian, one can stop it. Damian Pierce is going to be a name that you hear for a long time. Cooper Rush, future Texan. Well, I'm calling it. It's certainly a possible. Well, I, I mean, it's something Especially that makes sense Smith because as, as his coach, right? That, that's got to work makes out sense well. well. And the fact that Davis Mills sucks. So there's exactly. so there's that. You know, put it to put it subtly. Yes, you are correct. Uh, well, yeah, you he know. sucks. Yeah, if it walks like a duck, right? Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so um, I've owned ducks before. I've eaten ducks before. Me too. Too really gamey good. though. I like it. Dude. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Not too spicy though. You've owned ducks and you've eaten ducks. Okay, my roommate who at once upon a time back in the day used to work at Shoal Creek and the the Muscovy ducks that are hanging out in that little area. Mama had babies. Mama had too many babies. Couldn't handle them, and we so wanted we them for the babies. We wanted them for the eggs. We thought we got one female and the rest male. So what so happened to be four females and three males? Didn't work out very well. 
So we got rid of all but like a few, and then ate the rest. Well, no, we had to. We actually got. We actually let them free. In the city of Austin. And we we took them to Mueller Park, where all the other Muscovy ducks. The Zilker man, just put them on a slide. I'm not going at Zilker. There's no Muscovy ducks over there. Not yet. You got to go to their area. Not yet, my I friend. I am not populating not. the area of Zilker Park with Muscovy ducks. Look, <laughs> they're gone. I don't know where the hell they are now. So good luck to them. Sorry, you all didn't hear that story of my ducks. It's a great story, though. Uh, so uh, one of one of the uh, we were talking about the Cowboys defense, and uh, one of the one of the shining spots of the Cowboys defense is absolutely Micah Parsons. And uh, McCarthy touched on his plan for Micah. Tommy, I, I would put Mike in a limited you know, practice mindset, just just being smart with him today. Obviously, this is a Wednesday practice, Shell's practice. So, I mean, he, he will take what's needed today. So he's talking there. Uh, there's a groin injury. Uh, he, over, this happened in the, in the game against the Rams. He played the entire second half with a groin injury. Which, wouldn't even know it. Which is part of the reason Micah Parsons has earned Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah. That is part of the reason. Uh, he, uh, for at least for one week, the NFL is going to agree with him. You know, he said recently that he, he wants to one day surpass Aaron Donald as the best defensive player in all of football. And so for at least one week, the NFL is going to agree with him. Um, second time in his career, he's been named NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, and it comes not only because he recorded two sacks in that win over the Rams, but because he played the entire second half with a groin injury. He's now tied for the NFL lead with six sacks. Um, and uh, Sunday's game in L.A. there marked his third multi-sack game of the season. He's the first Cowboys player to win Defensive Player of the Week since he won it last year as a rookie. And uh, this also this award's also the first by any Cowboys player this season. Last year they won it five times. Dak won it three times. Uh, and then uh, Parsons and Trayvon Diggs also won it as well. You know who else has won it? I do. Geno Smith. Oh, I didn't. That's not where I thought you were going with that. A couple weeks ago. He should have got it this week or last week. He still played very well that game. Geno's looking okay. And, and, uh, okay. That, and he is the top-rated quarterback in the NFL, my yeah, friend. Yeah, it's okay. He, it's he, okay. They are, that, that offense is considered one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL. Go figure, this is the one year we have the most trash-ass defense I've ever seen in my life. That's why you guys aren't going to the the, the Super Bowl. Hell no. Yeah. We won't even make the wild card. No. But, hey. A lot of parody this year. You never know. Rams are two and three as well. Fun to watch Geno, though. Absolutely. Yeah, not that uh, defense. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of players of the week. Uh, guess who was named the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week? It's a name you know well. Taysom Hill? Oh, no. wait. He was... The other one. Yeah. The bigger one. Now, it's a name you know well. Uh, think 40 Acres. Think name that rhymes with kicker. Dicker the kicker. Cameron Dicker. Dicker the kicker. Mm-hmm. With regular kicker Jake Elliott out with that ankle injury, the Eagles had to use uh, Cameron Dicker in their Week 5 matchup against the Cardinals. And as it turned out, he was a pretty big part of that 2017 win and brought Philadelphia up to 5-0 and now. He's been named NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. Connected so, on a pair of extra points in the first half, hit field goals of 42 and 23 yards. And that 23-yarder really proved to be the difference. Uh, Arizona missed a 43-yard attempt to tie the game with 22 seconds. So Wasn't he cut just a week before he mm-hmm. signed with the Eagles? Yep. Good for him. Previously spent some time with the Rams and Ravens, but made his pro debut after going undrafted out of Texas. And uh, now mean, is the NFC Player of the Week. He, was go- he, was go- he wasn't going to go anywhere with those teams because they have solidified their kickers. Yeah. One being Justin Tucker, who may never retire and just kick- keep kicking for the rest of his life because he's so damn good at it. Hook him. Yeah. So congratulations to Dick of the Kicker. Good to see. Uh, we got more NFL talk on the way, and we're going to have to dive into the bullpen, the actual, the dugout, the bullpen, the ballpark, go to the bump, whatever you want to call it. 
I still want to talk baseball, man. I'm okay. I promise. Oh, I know you do. I'm okay. Well, a lot more happened than just than just the Astros Mariners. Also, uh, because of uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit too about some of the, the more iconic walk off or well the more iconic home runs ever hit in postseason baseball as well. Yes. Give us a call. You want to talk? Uh, you want to talk a little NFL? A little. Uh, Baseball, you want to talk about Longhorns? What do you want to talk about? Congratulate Dicker the Kicker. Congratulate Dicker the Kicker. You just want to tell Brandon you like his hat. Just give us a call. 512-834-1027. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Uh, Way too much candy. Welcome back to the Bullpen. Yeah. Too much candy with too many razor blades in it, right? Uh, yeah, too many drugs. You know, no rational, irrational person would give... Candy to babies on Halloween. Watch your. Candy Imagine being kids. on the other end of this conversation right now. You just you got your radio on and you come back to this. Like, what are yes. they talking about? Good morning. What's How up? are you? Think about Halloween and candy. Anyway, just, I just those and warnings are so ridiculous. They've been warning us since we were children about drugs and razor blades right. and poison and let's get the kids addicted to drugs on Halloween because they're going to be eating all the candy anyway. Have a grand notice. total of zero times in the history Please. of ever. You know how expensive <laughs> it would be for a drug dealer to just shell out their 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 goods yeah, to children? Yeah, business, man. They want you know? returning customers. They don't want to murder people. Right. Where are we going with this? I don't know, man. <laughs> Down the rabbit hole, I think. Um, speaking of crimes, yes. Let's let here's a first segue. Uh, Raiders star wide receiver Devonta Adams. Uh, he's been segue. charged with misdemeanor assault for uh, shoving a credentialed media worker after Monday night's loss to Kansas City. In Kansas City, I should say. That was pretty uh, boneheaded move on his part. Yeah, so he was cited for, uh, quote, an intentional overt act that inflicted bodily injury, uh, according to court records out today. I mean, yeah, he threw him down. It didn't take much for him to just push that guy to the ground. Which is why I I found... He fell back. He flew back. His... His apology was woefully disingenuous. Oh, you know he didn't write that. He didn't no, write that. They, he had some intern or somebody write that for him. No, I don't or think so. Or somebody wrote that for him and he he typed it. He was just like, oh, no, the guy like literally, I, I think I might have accidentally pushed a guy who literally jumped in front. Like, it's like, no, you didn't accidentally. Yeah, you, you threw you him You launched this guy. Yeah. You know, he's he's up there right now with SpaceX rockets. Thanks to you. <laughs> Uh, but charges filed this morning in municipal court there in Kansas City. Uh, the uh, man shoved by Adams. I haven't seen this guy's name, but he's a freelancer. He works for ESPN's Monday Night Football. He says he got whiplash, a headache, possible minor concussion from this whole thing. I mean, he's going to get a settlement regardless. Yeah, I think the he's. Team, ha- I think if he's it's not it from Devonte himself, it'll be from the team. Somebody will give him a little pal, and you know what? He deserves it. No, I, he deserves I, no a doubt. vacation. No doubt. This. Yeah, you don't. You don't get to go pushing guys around, especially a guy like oh. that. Uh, who, who's like just not, doing his job. Yeah, Devontae Adams is like triple that guy's size. Mm-hmm. Plus, he was angry. And so you put those two together. I mean, just that little, just that force just threw that guy. He was a small guy compared to Devontae. Now, granted, come on. I do think the cameraman is hamming it up. I don't believe he's as hurt as he claims. No, probably not. But I think he fell into somebody. I don't think he hit his head anywhere. Yeah, no, but I, I've often, you know, thought, well, hey, you know, if yeah. if, if, if I was able to. I'll let I'll let Mike Tyson give me the Mitch Green treatment if that means I get some. Well, look, we're talking about the Raiders here. Yeah. They don't want any of this bad publicity right now. They're one and four. They're not doing great. They are going to settle this and move on. Yeah. And you know what? That's okay. Uh, uh, head coach Josh McDaniels though voicing his support for Adams. He's saying that uh, you know he's a he's a good guy. 
and uh, that uh, he supports him wholeheartedly as a human being. Look, we're all says. good people. Honestly, that, that doesn't make him a horrible human being. No, it, just it was makes a mistake a, in a very look. I a can't. Jerk. I yeah, but you also just remember he just for three and a half hours just put his body on the line, got yeah. beat the hell up, yeah. and so he and then they lost. So he was mad. I'm not condoning what he did, but no, you got to understand where it's coming from. Exactly, and I certainly do. Uh, just he shouldn't have done that, but. Uh, yeah, no timetable for a decision here from the NFL, uh, uh, you know, about what may happen here. But uh, Raiders are on a bye week this week. They're one and four, by the way. Uh, and yes. so I think the league's probably aware that they got a little extra time. They don't have to make a decision immediately. He'll probably get suspended. He'll probably get maybe suspended for a half Very likely. or something. Nothing too big. Very likely. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa ruled out yet again. Dolphins are expected to start Skylar Thompson. Well, I don't. They don't have any other choice. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all they got yeah. at the moment. Uh, because you got Teddy Bridgewater, who's also in the concussion protocol oh, right man. now. But uh, Tua taking a small step today toward returning to football. Uh, ruled out for the second straight straight week, though. But return to practice in a limited capacity uh, for the very first time since he entered the concussion protocol in week four. You know they won't be rushing him back, though. No. <laughs> oh, he is the he is the focal point mm-hmm. of this whole discussion right now. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I don't feel bad for the kid. I mean, uh, for one thing, <laughs> he got a raw deal, I think, from his team in the way that they handled the, the, the situation after his first injury, Big you know, the week or less prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to just be thrust into the whole spotlight when all you really want to do is go out there and throw a football on Sunday. You know, I, I just I, I, I feel bad for him uh, for a lot of reasons right now. But uh, I kind of do. But at the same time, he could have easily held himself out. He put himself out no, there. Look, he I made that argument. There. I made that argument the other day, and I could have sworn that that you you brought up the argument. You counter argued with with how competitive guys are, and sometimes they just don't. Uh... Well, yeah, but you have to know the difference between a concussion, a double concussion, and not not a big deal. I mean, we heard Joe Burrow say that. Yeah. Like everyone gets it. It's a part of football. Right. It just it happens. But in his situation, it was clearly worse than what it sounded, and he went with it's a back thing. I, so oh, I see where you're I, going. I, I, see, I thought you meant okay. I got you. Yeah. I right. I sympathize on on what he's gone through because I think you know that second concussion or that second hit when he got basically picked up and thrown down was done on purpose because mm. they knew he they knew wasn't his back. I'm not saying there was a ba- I, I'm not calling it a bounty or, or anything. I'm just saying I'm sure they were well aware of the fact that he had a concussion last week. It certainly looked like it was a concussion the week prior, yeah. and then that first hit on him was a big one. Is it really a bounty if you don't use the word bounty? If he, I mean, he's not getting paid separately to do it, I'm sure. That's that we know the thing of. That we know of. Okay. I mean, yeah, we've already gone through this before. The bounty gate? So who knows? Yeah. I, miss the, I miss the old bounty gate days. God, what a great... Those were the good old days. The good old days of the NFL. <laughs> uh, New York Giants punter Jamie Gillen didn't travel back from the team with the team from London. You know why? He's still stuck across the pond. Uh-oh. Passport trouble? It's a problem. Oh, no. Exactly the problem. Uh, so while the Giants went over there, they beat up on the Packers. Then everybody came home. Gillen didn't come home. That's crazy. Um, so, but apparently uh, New York hadn't worked out any punters this week, just as a contingency. They do expect him back. He's nicknamed the Scottish Hammer because he's a native of Inverness, Scotland. Hell yeah. Came to the States as a teen. Giddy up. Uh, he's in his fourth professional season, 51 yards on average per punt. But, uh, yeah. Reminds me of this guy. I used to live in Samoa. This is a long, long story. We'll get into why I was there. But, um... <laughs> That's was, a really long story. There was this kid that I was there with named Abdi Barre. And his dad was, or, or family, was apparently some kind of big wig 
uh, with the Somali government, and there was a, a civil war in the late 80s. His family was ousted. They had to leave. Um, Jeez. He still had a, a Somali citizenship and a Somali passport. And we were over there in Samoa, and all of us who were over there, for whatever reason we were there for, left. Abdi got stuck because he lived in San Diego, California, but he was a resident of Somalia. But he couldn't go back to Somalia because his family had been ousted you know, in a, in a civil war. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what came of this, but uh, anyway, this whole situation with the... That reminds me of a Tom Hanks movie where he got stuck at the airport. The Terminal. The Terminal. Yeah, that was a Great good movie. movie. That was a Great really good movie. movie. Yes. Uh, an underrated Krakosia. Hanks classic. He's from Krakosia. Right. Great Which, movie. Not a real place. One last little bit of news out of the NFL. I thought you might appreciate this one. Oh, good. You know who's joining the Thursday night football broadcast uh, as of this week? I'm here so I don't get fined. That's who? Beast That's Mode. Right. Beast Mode. Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. Getting another heavy hitter in the name of Marshawn Lynch. That's a few extra Seahawks, a former Seahawks on that squad. Right. And who was it last week? It was Richard Sherman, right? Mm-hmm. And, well, he's part of the crew. Is, is he part of it normally? Yeah. Okay. All right. Not, just not normally. He'll. He, I think he has a few... Set places okay. where he's going. Similar to what they're going to be doing with Lynch. Exactly. He's not going to be on set every week, but he's going to he's going to have a three to four minute features that Am- Amazon's calling the In Your City. I love it. <laughs> and uh, he'll be this week. He's going to be playing with football with kids in Chicago's Highland Park. Next week, he's going to be feeding alligators uh, <laughs> ahead of the matchup between the Cardinals and Saints. If that's that not Marshawn Lynch, that is going to be very interesting. That I mean, did you ever see him uh, in his Bear Grylls episode where mm-hmm. he went? That was ah. Oh, National treasure. He's, That's all he is. Dude's, dude's a character. 100%. Dude's a character. And I wasn't sure in his early days, just with his attitude, I'm like, look, man, no need to act like that. Yeah, you're good. You get paid a lot of money. But then after a while, I'm like, you know what? I like this guy. Yeah. I, I, I like his take no S personality. I, I was glad that he came back after that first retirement because it seemed like they didn't leave on the right foot, which seems to be a trend with, with the Seahawks. Yeah. But I'm glad he came back even though he was a shell of his former self. It was cool to have him back in there for at least a few games to help us try and go get a playoff run. Yeah, and it 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 worked, but he didn't get to play much after that. So I, I love that guy. He he's always gonna he's gonna be just one of the best humans ever, forever. So you love your Seahawks. Mm-hmm. You love your Mariners. Yes. You don't love what happened last night though. No. Or yesterday afternoon. No, I did not. As we mentioned early in the show, tables turned for the Seattle Mariners. Alvarez launches deep right field, and this one is gone, and the Astros welcome off in game one. Jordan Alvarez, are you kidding me? So Jeremy Pena slaps this two-strike, two-out single to center field, keeping the Astros' hopes alive after they'd been down the whole game. The whole game. Stage set for Jordan Alvarez. I think the entire city of Seattle saw this shadow forming over home plate. We saw it as soon as I saw Robbie Ray teased yeah. in the bullpen. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you don't want Robbie Ray. You in know that who situation. had better numbers what against was Scott York? Service thinking? <sighs> Apparently, that was the plan from the get go. If they were going to get late into the game, if they had to go to extras, they'd bring in Robbie because we that, that would have been that would have been his. To, that day was his throwing day anyway. So he needed to get some throw-ins. So they threw him out there, who had just got shelled for like five runs a couple days prior to that, having an issue which was very well known. Stop throwing it down the middle. He's always in the middle of the plate. Where is that ball that Jordan hit? Oh, it's still fl- oh, you mean over, over the plate? The plate. I thought you meant where's it down right now? the middle. Seawald had who wasn't pitching very well, but he had two outs with for him. Had an open base, could have walked him, mm-hmm. 
And even, I mean, look. Bregman, Bringing up I, I think, who? Alex Bregman? I, yeah. Look, lesser two evils, right? Is it? Well, I guess yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, you're yes, right. It is. It These is. days it is. You're Barely, right. Barely, right. but it is. But I... Back in the old trash can days, I would, I would say it was different. But I'm glad that we all get a, a day to process this because I think, I don't know. I don't know. I think that I'm it was, a little distraught. I was not ready for that. I understand why, and I wasn't about to give you a hard time over it because I understand. <laughs> it's okay. That's, this is why like, I would have been so furious. This, this whole situation with Robbie Ray, it's like, oh, well, he had to get some, he had to get some throws in, so let's do it the, <laughs> 21 years after we I'm just you know, speculating. our last postseason. Well, but, I know, but, but they also had – they wanted the left-on-left matchup. He was the only one left who could do that. Uh, and they had Eric Swanson, who has had better had better numbers with against Jordan, but they didn't go to him for some reason. Yeah. And I don't know why. To the life of me, I will not ever know why. He probably will never admit it. That's bad so managing. I'm just it was, it was it was very it was very bad. Very bad it was managing. On very unfortunate timing. Scott Service is better than that. He is, but not last is, night, not yesterday. Well, he has done this over the years. The last couple years, he hasn't had to because he's actually had a solidified bullpen. Yeah. Just. I know playoffs are different. You bring your starters in because they ha- they're just different in that scenario. They can handle a 20-pitch inning and, and still go the next inning. I get it if that's where it was going. But, man, he had he had somebody else in there, or he could have kept Seawald. He still had an out. Could have walked him. Just the, But, look, they're back at it tomorrow, so we'll see what happens. I think there was enough noise. At it was a fun game. Yeah. By the way, Crawford box, I hate it. Why? Because it's such a short porch. Yes. Yeah. What is the point? Yeah, what it's is it like? So stupid. Three ten. That first Jordan Alvarez double looked like I, I thought it was a flyout, yeah. and then it bounced off the wall. Give me a break. Yeah, but I'm yeah, just angry. But, but but yeah, but at the same time, one of the deepest center fields in all of baseball. I'm just glad they got rid of the hill, the Towels Hill. That was that was a dangerous so stupid. Hill. I cannot believe they allowed that for as long as they did. Yeah, it was pretty. Stupid. That was so bad. Was, I have seen it was cool looking many injuries in, in, from in the that. way. Yeah, right. It looked kind of cool just in that it was a, a unique structure in an, in an outfield you don't see yeah, in ballparks. But the, but the but ball they, could reach it. If the guys ball could reach it, yeah. <laughs> It'd be cool if it was just out there, like way out there. Right. But, no, the ball could easily reach it. And <clears throat> then you got guys trying to run up a hill during a baseball game. It's crazy. So uh, the Astros, uh, they trailed seven through, 7-3 through seven innings. They got a two-run homer from Bregman in the eighth. And then the walk-off homer from Jordan in the ninth. Uh, StatCast projects that 438-foot blast is the first walk-off home, uh, walk-off home run in postseason history by a team trailing by multiple runs. Mm. Second walk-off home run in postseason history by a team down to its final out. Mm. The other, Kirk Gibson when he was facing Dennis Eckersley in 1988. Oh, yeah? What'd that sound like? Uh, actually, I can tell you exactly what that sounded like. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! In a year so improbable the impossible has happened god we miss you vin god what a great call it's always it's just one of the greatest calls of all time Um, we need to talk more about was it brian anderson who's a tbs broadcaster brian yeah solid i absolutely love his play-by-play i do too uh it got me thinking in fact you know some of the more iconic postseason home runs that have been hit are there any in your mind that really stick out uh no no not, not for me not for my team at least uh I mean I guess there's a Edgar double in the uh, Edgar Grand Slam against the Yankees a, that was a big one but nothing like that's gonna send us to the World Series or anything I think Astros fans will remember this one oh one to Pools in the air left field and Pools is given St Louis the lead a dramatic towering three run home run. 
Game five. A single by Eckstein, a walk to Edmonds, and how about Albert Poole? That uh, you could hear Pujols cleats as he was rounding the infield. <laughs> it was so quiet. Game five in 2005 of the National League Championship Series. Yeah. The Astros were an out away. I believe it was an out away. Maybe two, I think it was one or two. It's been a long time, mm. uh, but uh, that close. Yeah, Pujols hits that. Yeah, S- still to this day, one of the most surreal moments I've ever experienced in sports. See, you get it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I totally get it. Another surreal I moment. I do miss those uh, the Fox broadcasting little sound effects whenever there's a home run. <laughs> yeah, I miss all those. Yeah. Those were con- those were fun. Do you remember when uh, Fox did it with football? Yes. Like during an epic moment, they actually like played the NFL mm-hmm. NFL music. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, why is this playing right now? We're playing Chicago. We're getting destroyed. We're almost at the goal line. And I was like, what are they doing? What's going, What's happening here? Another one. Another one of these walk-off home runs. It still sticks in my mind. And I still I remember exactly where I was. I was at Bone Daddy's off of 183 Okay, with my parents, of all people, following a wake. Oh, no. <laughs> Game seven of the 2003 American League Championship Series. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. And this was uh, Red Sox-Yankees. Leading by three as Boone hits it to deep left. That might send the Yankees to the World Series. Boone, a hero in game seven. I wish that crowd would More shut sound up. More sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that, one, that, was, see, that was the year yeah. that the Red Sox were first supposed to break the curse. Now, luckily, they went on to do it a year later. It was later, close. Hey, but they were close. That that was a home run that should not have been hit. Yeah. That, I, yeah, yeah. And I, I know how that feels. Trust me. And I, I, I want to say it was Wakefield that they'd brought out. It was uh, knuckleballing, it, wasn't it? Uh, I don't remember. Because it was game. I mean, it was game seven, and yeah. they, they were trying to bring out their anyway. Uh, and then probably my favorite of all time is this. Two strikes on it. Here's the pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field, way back, Blue Jays win it! The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Touch Joe. Them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. I never did. I, I, I have goosebumps. Touch them all, Joe. Right at this very, very moment. Woo. Anyways, and I will never, ever get to I don't care if it's uh, an 800-year-old baseball call. It will always sound fresh and beautiful to me. Always. An 800-year-old baseball call sounds cool. Can we get that? I would like, yeah. Archaeologists? Yeah. Bring it on. Uh, So, also, uh, it wasn't just the Astros Mariners. Uh, Yankees take game one of the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians. That was close. I saw that. Way to stop yourself. Very close. 4-1. Except they did that on the broadcast multiple times. Well, it's just uh, Guardians. I know. In the same way. Commanders also. Same reason. Change for the same reason. But also just for so many years, and so I mean, last week I literally called L.A. Rams St. Louis Rams, and I got called too. out on it. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I still. I the other day I, I called uh, the Raiders the Oakland Raiders. Unbelievable, man. Which it uh, lost. You call me. yourself a broadcaster? No. Well, yeah, I, but I don't call myself an Oakland or, or Las Vegas fan. How about that? Fair enough. Lucky you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so four one uh, Yankees over Cleveland. Uh, Garrett Cole looked pretty good. I said that this was the game they needed. And for the Guardians, and they didn't get it, nope. so they're going to be in trouble. They, so, and I, I'm, t- I'm still sticking with a sweep on this one. Mm-hmm. It seems like it. it seems like it's going to trend that way, but we'll see. We'll see. Now, there was a situation here. It was kind of funny uh, if you saw it. Uh, Josh Donaldson, you get this pretty, what? pretty deep. Such a fan of that guy. 
<laughs> Are you really? No. Um, it was a pretty deep shot to right field, uh, and, and it really looked like it had the distance. Josh Donaldson hits one in the air to right. Gonzalez goes back on the track at the wall, and it's off the top of the wall, it would appear. Or let's see. Donaldson doesn't know. He started to trot, and he's going to be retired. He thought the ball left the park. Oops. So did a good portion of the crowd. The call on the field is confirmed. The ball was in play. The battle runner is out at first base. And, and look, to, to his credit, I mean, it was really hard to tell. All it, it bounced at the very top of the wall and then came right back to the grass. Mm. And, and that was all. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, But don't expect the Guardians to pull anything out. I don't think no, so. Nothing exciting yeah. coming out of Cleveland. I hope so, but I don't think so. I think there is some excitement coming out of Philadelphia. Though. Yes, definitely. Phillies here could do something special against this World Series championship team. They Braves. could. They took game one. A that's, Braves that's team important. that is better than last year's World Series championship mm-hmm. team. But uh, stars are aligning. Phils are looking hot. Um, and uh, They almost gave it up. They had a very nice play by Castellanos at the correct. end there to, get, to end the game. It was, uh, I mean, he went sprinting in, just barely mm-hmm. caught that ball. Yep. 7-6 was the final on this one. Um, and uh, keep in mind here, just uh, you know, these stats, baseball is full of them. Uh, game one in a best-of-five series has gone, uh, gone on to win, or, or the winner, I should say, of game one in a best-of-five series, gone on to win the series 102 out of 144 times, or oh, don't, 71%. Don't say that. Don't say that. I don't want to hear that. It's hard. Come on. It's, it's, <laughs> a hard, it's a hard pit to swallow. Sorry. Also, uh, the uh, Dodgers locked down game one. Shocker. Against the Padres. Yeah. I, I don't want this at all. They're they're on, on paper. This is the best team in baseball on the field. This is the best team in baseball, better than the Houston Astros. Are you feeling a, a Phillies Dodgers NLCS? I am feeling a Phillies Dodgers NLCS, oh, baby. and I'm feeling an Astros Dodgers. Re, you know uh, who's rematch. not going to like that? Me. All all the network stations. Oh, Astros Dodgers? Yeah, no, Padres Dodgers. Oh, Padre. Oh, yeah. They want they want the Braves. They want the big money team. Oh, you asked Padres Dodgers. That's who's playing right now. You, you, you're talking about Phillies Dodgers. Thank you. Phillies okay. Dodgers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's not too bad. I mean, the Phillies are pretty great. They got Bryce Harper. They got some, they got some, uh, they got some stars. They're just not, a lot of them aren't household names. But. They just weren't playing very well during uh, most of the season, and they kind of backed their way into the playoffs. So yeah. no one really expected them to do anything, so no one took them seriously. But now they actually are playing very seriously, and, and I think they're catching people off guard. Catching teams off guard. Absolutely. Braves being one of them. So, which uh, they shouldn't because the Cards took, you know, took, didn't think that they could do anything, and then they scored six uh, runs in the ninth inning. Yeah, it didn't work out for them. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yesterday was uh, one of those uh, rare uh, day full of baseball. It's not going to be like that tomorrow, or today for that matter. Correct. Uh, you've got uh, the National League, let's see, the American League taking a day off today. I don't get it. And then really nationally taking the day off tomorrow. So two games today. You got Phillies Braves, uh, Zach Wheeler up against Kyle Wright. Uh, and then you got Padres Dodgers, you Darvis against yeah. Clayton Kershaw. Hoping this off day uh, halts that momentum of yours, of your Astros, after that, after that ninth inning. Listen, you guys shelled Justin Verlander. That was scary. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's hope we can do it against Framber. <laughs> Yikes. It's a tall order, man, to do it to back-to-back <laughs> Couldn't aces, do it at but, all during the season. But hey, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, some news out of uh, this. You remember the situation a couple of years ago, this tragic situation with Tyler Skaggs, who was found dead yes. at a hotel room up in North Texas. Yes. Uh, drug overdose. Well, a former L.A. Angels employee sentenced to 22 years in federal prison for providing Tyler Skaggs with the drugs that led to his overdose death. Good. 
Uh, this actually took place at a courthouse about 15 miles down the road from where Skaggs died. Uh, this guy, his name is uh, Eric Kay. He served as a team's public relations manager on a lot of road trips. He actually had uh, just finished a stint in drug rehab himself when Jeez. he had come back. It was his first road trip here in Texas. Why would they give him that job back? I Are don't. You kidding I do me? not know. Uh, but uh, the government, the government says, uh, argued that, that Kay was the only one who could have given Skaggs the drugs that led to his death. That the delivery was here in Texas, and that fentanyl was the cause of his death. And we're hearing about fentanyl just yeah, all too much. Way too much. All too much. We so. didn't even know b- not much about it back then. No, I know. I mean, but now it, it, you talk about household name mm-hmm. um, for very dubious reasons. Apparently feeding them to children, too. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so we uh, we got some new uh, UT offering a, an OSU pledge, making okay. an offer to an OSU okay. pledge, who will probably be here over the weekend. Let's go. For the, uh, the big game against... Uh, Iowa State. Iowa State. So we'll have a little more Longhorn talk coming up here on the way. 512-834-1027 is the number here in the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Welcome back to the bullpen. Final segment here on this Wednesday afternoon. Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins with you. Monday the 3rd. Is this Monday the 3rd? Wednesday. Oh, Monday part 3. Monday part 3, thank you. Wait a minute, no, this is the... Come on, man. You should know your own stuff. Well, I thought you were talking about the date. I'm like, nah, man. That was the, the, the third was like nine days ago. Third Monday. Third Monday of the week. Third, yeah. Monday part three. There you or go. H-S-I-O-W. Okay. If yeah, we won't say that out loud. For, for the George Carlins in the world. Yes. So as we all know, Texas, the University of Texas Longhorns, one of the top recruiting classes in America for the 2023 cycle. Still got room left for some new additions, though, ahead of the National Signing Day in, in December. And a new name to monitor on that front. Has uh, learned some good news this week. Jelani McDonald announced uh, on his uh, Texas foot or on his uh, Twitter, I should mm-hmm. say, that he's got a, a new offer from Texas Texas football. He's a, a two way uh, Wake O'Connelly star. Also plays basketball. He's been a verbal commitment to Oklahoma State since July first. Interesting. Yeah, uh, but even before the news came down, he'd al- he'd already been talking about taking a trip here to Austin relatively soon. In fact, earlier in the week, on three reported he'll likely visit this weekend with Iowa State in town. A lot of top commitments, including Arch Manning, are expected to be here in Austin for this game, actually. Uh, so tracking McDonald's. Show up, y'all. Def- Show up, Texas fans. Yeah, definitely worth uh, Make yourself look, look good in front of the recruits. Absolutely. So uh, as we head into the game with Iowa State, head coach Steve Sarkeesian is seeing a lot of very, very welcome growth mm-hmm. from quarterback Quinn Ewers, especially following that, that showing there uh, over the weekend against Oklahoma. I think we all are. We, I think we all can see it. This guy, like, so stat line looked great. Right, uh, I mean, 289 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. But the stats are only going to tell you so much. If you watched him play, it, I mean, he he was poised. Mm-hmm. He looked like a veteran who'd been there and done that multiple times. He didn't look like he was rattled. Um, he was patient. You know, he delivered real crisp strikes across the middle. He yeah. was uh, real, real sharp. Dumped off balls to the flats of guys like Bijan Robinson. Uh, when he had to go to the intermediate level, he hit targets like it was just, you know, butter, secondhand knowledge, like yeah. butter, yeah, just on muscle memory. He looked fantastic. Uh, so Sark said one of the biggest challenges for a team playing with two quarterbacks is based on the way the offense is run. You know, you had Hudson Card moving at more of a cool, consistent level. He ate up a lot of the clock, whereas Ewers comes in just swift, throwing decisive things, uh, decisive throws downfield. Attention to detail looked great. Uh, so and and he played a played a huge role in these 585 yards of offense the the Horns put up this past weekend. 
I think Quinn Ewers has just has a really good uh, quarterback IQ, and I think Sark has said that before. He's just really smart. He he's like you said, he's patient. He knows where he's going. He he can he can look at all his reads before he ma- he takes a shot, yep. and he can get it there when he takes a shot. So, all in all, I mean, look, we've we've talked about it. He's only played nine total quarters right. his entire collegiate career. And like you said, he looks like a veteran out there. He looks like he belongs. He knows what he's doing. He didn't look at all like, I mean, if he was nervous, you wouldn't have known it. Yeah. I, I You got to wonder, some of that has to, I wonder if that has to do with some Ohio State coaching because he left, he left high school early to go to Ohio State and he didn't get to play much, but he got to see what a successful run, uh, what do you call it? It just did. The team, just a team, is how it's run. He sees operation. Yeah, yeah, essentially that. So he knows what needs to be done to be successful as a quarterback. I think I gotta have, I got a feeling he took some of that from Ohio State and brought it here. Probably. Uh, Let's check in the phones here. Our friend Northside Dave joining us on this Wednesday afternoon. What's going on, Dave? Uh, I gotta. I'm trying to uh, feel through Theo's pain, but I can't. Awesome that walk-off home run, man. Sorry, dude. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where you were going with that. I knew where he was going. We talked about it yesterday because he uh, said, man, the Mariners look really good right now. I can't believe they're beating my Astros. I couldn't either. I couldn't either, Dave. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It worked out, though. Hey, there's still yeah. plenty of ball games hey. left, gentlemen. Yeah, you're right. Um, the other thing you guys are talking about, uh, you know, there's a thing about this kid, this Quinn Yard. I mean, you're right. This guy walked in the game and he owned it. You just could see it. And the other thing that I that I like what I'm seeing of this team is these guys want to play for him. I mean, yeah. the wide receivers, the blocking. Did you see Jay Witt, a wide receiver pancake? Is dude that oh, yeah. you got, I don't know if it was uh, Sanders or um, Worthy for that touchdown, but what a block. And that's the other thing I, I just love watching this team is that everybody's just on board. They're working together as a team. There's no like, there's no individuality. Everybody's like, it's just great to see. And I just, I looks like they got this uh, chemistry going that they need to keep, you know, hope they keep it going with with, with Quinn Ewers as an under center. Just an amazing game. I I, I think we're going to be okay the rest of the season. Do you like you like their chances against Iowa State? Oh yeah, we should we should definitely. Uh, it should be a, a three, four touchdown Thursday. Really, with that that. with that defense that Iowa State's got, huh? Wow. All right. All right, guys. Have a good day. Hey, thanks, Dave. Take it easy, my friend. He brings up a really good point, and we've talked about it before. And Sark has brought it up. It's the chemistry. It's it's the the brotherhood that this team has that did that you didn't see last year. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it this week. They could have easily folded against Oklahoma. They could have because of that really tough loss the week before, but they knew what they were getting with Quinn Ewers coming back. They, that's that's their guy. They know that their guy was going to be out there, and instead of folding it in and doing what happened last year where they lost, what, six out of seven or something like that and were in every game but fumbled down the stretch, they, they hit their ground running and took on this Oklahoma team and shut them out, and that's how you respond to a tough loss. Oh, absolutely. And not, you know, just phone it in, and just let the rest of the season play out how it's going to play out. Yeah, These guys want to play for each other, 
and it shows. So, yeah, it definitely helps when you've got a, a, a guy, a leader, that you can rally around. 100%. Now, I think that the Horns are going to be coming into this. They're, they're going to they're gonna put a little extra panache on their play because you could argue that last year's game was, was the most unremarkable performance in the entire Sark mm. era. It was awful, and I think yeah. it ended what thirty to seven. Something. I mean, it was just it, they looked horrible, and I and I. Uh, Sark is not looking time. for. Well, he said, "I was about to say yeah. said, we're not necessarily on a revenge tour." He I has don't. To say I that. don't buy that yeah. though. I, 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 you know, all those guys are chomping at the bit to get. You know, that's why they call it vindication coach speak. for every team that all what all seven teams that mm-hmm. beat them last year. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's why they call it coach speak because they have to say that in front of the media. What is heard behind the scenes, you'll never hear, but it's complete. I guarantee you, it's mostly complete, complete opposite of what he says in front of the media. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. That's totally. That's a, just a normal thing. So, I yeah, I I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that's yeah. You you Thank got you got to you got to say you got to say certain things in, in a certain way. Not just a headboard, my friend. Usually, not just a coat rack, my friend. Just most of the time. I'm ruined that. Just most of the time. Tried to do that friends quote. We completely fumbled it up. Well, then on that note, we'll just. Well, how about we just end right All here? All right. Since, yeah, great since, way to end. Since you Sorry, blew the guys, bit, since you blew, I blew the, the bit, bit. We're just going to go ahead and go home. Not just a coat rack, my friend. There, I got it. Uh, some real, one last quick bit of news out of the 40 acres. Uh, men's basketball trio has claimed spots in the preseason All Big 12 awards. Uh, the trio of UT men's basketball players named uh, uh, to the upcoming season here. Uh, let's see. This is according to the Big 12 office today. Senior forward Timmy Allen, graduate guard Marcus Carr. Both tabbed to the preseason All-Big 12 team, while sophomore guard uh, Tyrese Hunter named preseason honorable mention All-Big 12. So congratulations. Uh, Hook them. Horns are going to tip off their regular season uh, against UTEP on November 7th. And that's it for us today in the bullpen. It's a ground Paul Feinbaum up next, and we will see you tomorrow. See ya.